Hello and welcome to another episode of So Fly. It's uh, the mid- middle of September and we're back in the studio today. I'm recording out of the hive once again. My name is Mitch and we've got Aldo here. Hello. We've got Yelma. Hello. And uh, we have a very exciting guest on the show today. Some of the we've been um, really interested in trying to get on the show for a long time. Uh, Mark Kingwell is a philosophy professor at the University of Toronto, a critic, a fly angler, and an author. Um, he's published a number of books, most notably to us, Catch and Release, Trout Fishing and the Meaning of Life, and also Classic Cocktails, A Modern Shake. Love good cocktail. Um, Mark, we're super excited to have you on the show today. Thanks for coming by. Oh, thank you. I'm glad to be here. What are we drinking, actually? Because we're, we're having a couple drinks. It's mid-afternoon. Uh, there's no cocktails right now, but we are we are having some 40 Creek. Yeah, we're having some 40 Creek, uh, Copper Pot, uh, Canadian whiskey. Canadian whiskey. It, it's a bit yeah. like having a flask on the river and taking a nip or two, you know? Exactly. It's, it's not cocktail hour yet, but, you know. Yeah. yeah. It's a warm-up to cocktail hour. Yeah, there you go. That's how I first, like, I remember when Mitch was, was saying that Mark was coming on the show, I was like, I know that name, I know that name, and I read the cocktail book before the fishing book. So, um, it's cool. It's cool to meet you. That's a good. I, I enjoyed that book. I kept it as a reference for my staff um, quite often. Great. Uh, and I was just like, because you usually find cocktail books written by Americans, not too many Canadians. So it was kind of neat, like having something. And good. I should say that that book, if um, people can still find it, um, is designed and decorated by Seth, who is a great Canadian illustrator. Um, has a studio. Yeah, and the illustrations are amazing. In, in Guelph. Oh, nice. And uh, has created a whole kind of um, Canadian mythology in his town called Dominion. Uh, so you can't get more Canadian than Seth mm-hmm. and me doing a cocktail book. So <laughs> that's awesome. Go. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, and it was also um, Catch and Release before we were recording here. We we're just talking about how I found that book uh, uh, years ago in the chapter section, and, and it was just an absolutely awesome read. So uh, I think uh, when we started this podcast, it was like, oh, Mark's one of the guys we got to try to get on the show for sure to talk about it. Because it was a it was a, like a largely successful book. A lot of people I know read it and talk about it all the time. Yeah, it started really as a, I was living in New York at the time and it started as an article I wrote for the National Post. And it was about going to British Columbia and fishing with my younger brother, Sean, and, and our father. And uh, I was totally against doing this. I didn't want to do it. Uh, so some of the titles of the chapters in the book are, you know, fishing is stupid and golf is stupid <laughs> and all the things that, that my brothers and my dad have always liked to do, manly pursuits. Um, as the intellectual in the family, I'm like, oh, come on, you guys got to be kidding. Uh, I'm not into that. So I went out there uh, partly to be with my dad, who was getting on at the time. He was in his 80s and, uh, and just kind of fell in love with, with fly fishing. Uh, so the book is very much a beginner's book. I mean, I think when I look at it now, there are a lot of technical details that, that I've learned um, more about. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've continued to write about fishing in different places, uh, Gray Sporting Journal and yep. uh, Queen's Quarterly and other places. And uh, I like the, uh, the French translation of the book uh, includes some of those later pieces, which is actually really nice because it kind of contextualizes the early and the late. Yeah. Yeah. Before you wrote the book and before you went on the trip, what were your first initial like reactions to fly fishing and the sport? I think like a lot of people at the time, especially, so this is now, what, 2002, mm-hmm. uh, I was highly conditioned by the Brad Pitt movie, yeah, right? Where sure. runs through it. Yep. The and Brad Pitt movie. Yeah, the Brad Pitt movie. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's so many Brad Pitt movies, but, um, but the, uh, if some fly guides call it just the movie. 
because they're constantly having novices come out and say, you know, I saw the movie. The movie. And I really want to learn how to fish with flies. So I had that whole kind of spiritual aspect of it and, mm-hmm. and you know, that, that stuff in the middle about him being an artist and shadow casting and all mm-hmm. the things. And uh, there's actually, in one of the places that we've gone in Montana, there's a poster for the movie. And it shows Brad Pitt standing on a rock and he's got his, you know, his rod up and his line out. And the line is at a literally impossible angle. Like there (laughs) there is no possible way that any line could be in the air the way that it's depicted (laughs) in this poster. So it it really is mythological, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, I was was conditioned by that. And uh, and then childhood memories. Mm -hmm. My father had been a bait fisherman, spinner. Uh, for a long time, and then he kind of gave it up. And when I was little, like 10 or 11, 12, he would take me along kind of as a, you know, gopher and, and servant. And I remember, <laughs> there, I talk about this in the book, there's this one incident that, that that's printed on my mind. We're in Prince Edward Island, and he was fishing for, I, I guess, probably bass. Uh, and he sent me back to the car to get this tackle box that mm-hmm. he'd forgotten. And I, I tripped and fell on the way back, and I rolled down this little declivity and the the box fell open and all of these hooks you know hooked oh, into man. me and i'm lying there and i think i can't even move because <laughs> if i move they're going to go in deeper yeah <laughs> so i'm lying there it's just motionless yeah completely yeah abject and humiliated yeah. <laughs> so that was my earliest memory of fishing that's a great that's a great first memory yeah i mean i can't see how you didn't get into it sooner <laughs> So whereabouts was that? Like, where were you guys, where'd you sort of like grow up fishing? So uh, my father was in the Air Force and he was posted all over the place. So okay. that was Prince Edward Island. We lived in Nova Scotia and he fished right. there. Yeah. Uh, we lived in, in um, Western Ontario near London and there's some fishing out there. He never fished flies though. Uh, it was my brother when he moved to Vancouver, probably 20 years ago, 25 years ago, mm-hmm. he started um, fly fishing out there. Yeah. And uh, you know, for a lot of, uh, people, if they haven't fished in, in British Columbia, a lot of it isn't what you think of as classic. I mean, some of it is like streams and, uh, you know, walking up and down, um, casting, but a lot of it is on lakes where you're, you're trolling basically. Yeah. And, uh, in a way that's a good introduction. Mm-hmm. So that was the first fly fishing I did. We're using Spratleys and, and black leeches and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, and sometimes coronamids. So you're actually casting and, and, <laughs> Uh, setting the hook but for the most part you're just kind of moving around the lake Mm -hmm. waiting for something to hit yeah yeah what was do you remember your first fish on the fly rod yeah i do it was it was a rainbow uh, on on this lake uh near um kelowna in Mm -hmm. british columbia um and it was you know a beautiful rainbow we pulled out lots of beautiful rainbows in that lake all the time but my my first i think impressive fish or the one that i i like the most as uh my first fish is the one in uh it was in Ontario. It was on the Grand River, and I, I got a brown. Yeah. And the picture of that is the on the cover of Catch and Release. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Nice. And it is it is a beautiful brown. It must yeah. be mm, 15, 16 inches yeah. and, uh, you know, just gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I didn't even know what I was doing. I had a nymphing rig on with, you know, a couple of pieces of lead shot, and it was just kind of swatting around, and I'm like, <laughs> suddenly I've got something on there, you know? Yeah. And we were in maybe... 18 or 25 inches of water. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. Oh, I love the grand for that yeah. type of fishing, you know, which is classic Southern Ontario brown trout sort of fishing. 
Well, that's an interesting foray into fly fishing. Absolutely. I mean, um, but you also just recently returned from the trip that you speak about in the book, Catch and Release, right? Yeah. And it's been going strong for... 17 years. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. And uh, I've missed a couple of years for different reasons. My younger brother is the anchor. He's been there every year. Yeah. And actually, he was going to this place in in British Columbia before we made it a a kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, 17 years, family and friends... And, uh, and actually I think next year we're probably going to go back to that lake yeah. uh, and maybe even get my father who has, um, lately been housebound to come along, which would be great. Yeah. Uh, 18 years. Uh, we're trying for 20, but, um, he might not last that long. My dad, I mean, my brother should be fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 17 years and, um, always, uh, British Columbia or Montana. Yeah. And, um, awesome. we've talked about other places, you know, we talked about going to Scotland or, um, having the BC boys come here to Ontario. Uh, but it's just so nice to be yeah. on these, these streams and rivers out there, you know? Yeah. Uh, so the last one this year, we were on the Elk River near Fernie in BC, actually quite close to the Montana line. Yeah. And, uh, that's a great river for trout. I mean, mostly cutthroats. In fact, all we caught were cutthroats. Yeah. Uh, really, really fantastic. And we did the usual mix. We, we did a lot of uh, walk and wade, and then we always do one guided float trip mm-hmm. for the deeper part of the river. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's just fantastic. I think I must have landed 30, 35 in a week. Wow. Um, that's awesome. So yeah, that's awesome. Good. Any yeah. notable, like really big, uh, cut cutties on there? Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. There were, I mean, we were, um, we were trying all kinds of things, mostly. So it was, it was what early August. So, uh, terrestrials, um, right. beetles, ants, uh, sometimes even bees were working little wow. bee, bee patterns. Uh, and then when, um, the guys got frustrated, they went nymphing. Um, I tried to stay, you know, with dries the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but so, yeah, we got, I mean, seriously, the, on the float trip, I think I got eight or nine really beautiful cutties, awesome. uh, all at least 14 inches Yeah, and, uh, yeah, just really sweet. You know, floating down one of those rivers must be so awesome. Yeah. The elk's beautiful. I've always wanted to go to Fernie. Fernie yeah. It'd be sweet. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. It's great. Beautiful. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it, in the summertime, it's all fly fishing. In the wintertime, it's all skiing. It's just one of those towns that, yeah. you know, everybody lives to play. Yeah. It's <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've always felt like if I so, go out, I, we still haven't been with SoFly, yeah. especially we need to go and do a trip out there. I've always thought if I go, I'm not going to want to come back. You probably won't. Like it's <laughs> tough coming out. Know. It's, it's tough leaving Montana. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the mountains and stuff. Montana's great. You know, I, I've been uh, thinking about it for a long time because we've been going there for over 10 years. And uh, it's a it's a very interesting place. I mean, politically, it's kind of strange, right? Because it's mm-hmm. it's it's right wing, but it's right wing libertarian. So it's not it's not Trump land. Yeah. It's more like self-reliance land. Mm-hmm. So uh Everybody there mm-hmm. owns a rifle, at least one, and the big deal is shooting your first elk uh, or deer, and you know cleaning and dressing it on the trail, and then taking out the the meat and you, yeah. you put it in the freezer for the winter. I mean, it's it's it's, it's a way a, of life. It's a way of life, yeah. and I I admire those people tremendously. They they have virtues that. Uh, those of us who live in cities have kind of forgotten, you know, yeah. I'd like to know more about, yeah. uh, I, I was actually, this is kind of a segue to a different thing, but I wanted to buy a rifle because yeah. I just bought some land in New Hampshire near where my wife's family lives. Land in New Hampshire. That's amazing. Yeah. It was, um, kind of a tough choice 
because we have wanted to buy something there uh, for retirement or whatever, yeah. uh, but couldn't find a house that looked right. Uh, and then this parcel of land came open, <laughs> and it's it's near three really great lakes uh, for for bass and and trout. Yeah, and I thought, oh, okay, is. so that's yeah, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> and, Amazing, yeah, and it's really cheap. You yeah, know? No, that's so, the thing. Eh? Nice. And uh, and I thought I, I need a rifle. Yeah. So I call these guys up at the gun shop and I say, you know, I want a thirty out six bolt action. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, we have that. Yeah. Uh, come in anytime. Yeah. My my mother in law doesn't like this idea, but I I'm gonna have a rifle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if I'm living in New Hampshire, I'm gonna have a rifle. You have to have one. Just yeah. Yeah. Would not, you? Not not an assault weapon. Just no. a single shot. You know, bolt yeah. action, small magazine. So just just for the people out there who know that I'm I'm anti gun on the whole. Yeah. Um, it's just for you know household use. Yeah. 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 Um, it's a, like when we I was in Montana last. November, November, mm-hmm. November, and we were hosted by a friend of ours, Chloe, and uh, it's you know I I couldn't agree more. It's just a way of like she she was making us uh, you know a deer stew from the deer that she had shot, and she was like, oh man, I'm almost out of meat. It's almost time to go harvest another deer, because right. for her, I mean, she's 22, 23, 24, something like that. Yeah, and then she just drives out to the hills and harvests a deer and cleans it herself and. Lives in your, you know, one bedroom apartment in Mon- in in uh, Livingston, and it's like yeah. just the way of life. There's there. something special yeah. about it, you yeah. Know? And you're absolutely right about the city; it kind of takes it away from you, and and when you get to experience it, and we get to for, through fly fishing, yeah, it's just like, oh man, something so nice about this. You really feel it, you know, when you're walking on on through a field, and then you get into the water, yeah. Um, especially in the summer, I like to do wet wading. I yeah. don't I don't wear um, waders. Uh, I just go with cargo shorts and, and boots. And so you've got water up to your waist and the stream or the river is flowing around you and you feel the power of it. And yeah. You have mm-hmm. to respect it. And uh, there's nothing better than that. And just mm-hmm. it just smells better. You yeah. Know? The air is like champagne. Out yes. There. So, yeah. Such a great way of putting the it. The air is champagne. <laughs> Man. <laughs> we, uh, what is it? A couple of weeks ago, we went up to Timmins just to do a little um, hang out at this uh, and teach some fly fishing at this um, like festival. And uh, we got off the plane, and it's just like, oh my god, the air is just even up in Northern Ontario. Yeah. It's just so much better. Just you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's crisp. It's alive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of forget it in the city because I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the air is not bad here, but it it's just a whole different thing when yeah. you're when you're in the country. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So how often are you, are you getting down to the New Hampshire, uh, the new homestead? Well, um, that's kind of a long-term plan. We go down at least twice a year. So I fish there for bass usually. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there's a little lake where uh, the family has some frontage so we can put in there anytime we want. I usually go out in a kayak or a canoe. Yeah. Nice. And uh, use my two-weight uh, or sometimes the five-weight and, uh, and throw little poppers. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes, you know... Um, Again, black leech patterns, you know, woolly bugger will work. Yeah. Uh, Prince nymph, if if you get a little desperate, because yeah. anybody will take that. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's really good fishing. and that's so um, awesome. Nice. Yeah. Nice to have a little slice of somewhere you could go that's just wild and yeah. special. Don't yeah, know if I'm, I've ever been to New Hampshire. Well, no. you know, it's it. I don't think people think of it as a fly fishing destination, but... Um, you can fish for anything on flies, so um, that's what I do. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the guys come out on their big um, boats and they have 
honking, you know, oh, yeah. double, triple hook, uh, you know, Rapala lures and whatever. <laughs> and yeah, they're going to land bass on that or worms. Yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, you get a tiny little popper and you, you move it across the water and you get one of those big guys to come up for it. That's really exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially absolutely. on a two weight. Yeah. Yeah. A little Reddington, uh, yeah, two eight. my it's, Reddington it's awesome. two eight is, has become my favorite rod. I my used to be my favorite rod was this uh, Sage five weight that my yeah. my spouse gave me, and uh, I still love that. Yeah, but it's actually too much rod for for some of this sport. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, it'd be great for it is great for say uh, steelhead. Um, actually, it might not be enough for steelhead. I might want a, the eight weight or the nine weight, but. Uh, but, it, you know, the two weight is just, it feels like it doesn't have any power, but it really does have some guts. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Love yeah. It. I think when people hear like, oh, two weights, like, oh, that's so light, but no, no two rods are made equally. Like some, yeah. some two weights or three weights are like, they have a back to them, you know, it's more like a four weight or a five weight type of rod. Yeah. But that's amazing, man. Yeah. Nice little ponds and things like that. Fishing largemouth. Yeah. And there's, um, actually about mm, seven, eight miles away from, uh, the, I call it the compound where my, my uh, wife's in-laws live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they own like the whole top of a hill. Awesome. Uh, there's it. there's a, 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 a lake, well, small lake that's all granite side. Yeah. And, you know, they call New Hampshire the granite state. So you get these these rock formations and there's just one place where you can put in. No uh, uh, fuel powered boats are allowed on there. So yep. you either human or you can have a, like a trolling motor, electric motor. And uh, I've caught some some rainbows in there that are just amazing. And it's the it's the pu- you can see all the way down to the bottom. Oh, oh cool! Yeah, so cool. Yeah. Like the Bing. Granite Lakes. Yeah, like the Bing. I don't know if you've ever fished out near Ottawa or Westport. That's where yeah. we learned to fly fish because we're all the and I are both from there. And there's a rainbow lake there that's kind of like that. Yeah. So cool! I love fishing on lakes for rainbows. Oh man, yeah. so cool. Like so I go to cool. BC, man. That's like where that's where it, that's where it's at. Absolutely. Yeah, and BC is great because you can do you can do the lake fishing and you can do the river fishing, mm. maybe even in the same day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, Certainly on the same trip. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that, I mean, that's the big thing. One of the things we want to do is go to Calgary um, for a few days and then drive to Montana. Yeah. For is a few it Chloe? Days yeah. And just right. do a trip out of that. Right. So uh, you know, um, on this trip, we flew to Calgary and then drove to Fernie. Right. Nice. Um, and nice. then on the way back, we were we were rushed for time to catch planes, but you could. There were guys out on the bow. Yeah. All the way up um, the highway, and so you could do that in reverse, right? Just yeah. go down, stop whenever you want, mm-hmm. fish the bow keep going and then you hit northern montana and uh you know it's it's paradise there yeah Yeah. the bow's great the bow's a great river yeah it looks like a beautiful river i know you fished it last year and yeah the pictures looked amazing yeah it was was super fun so after that first trip was was you were was that did it take more convincing uh you know that's a good question i think about that now and i it's hard for me to recall um because the first thing i did when i got back to new york was write this article Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like the article was, uh, I didn't think I would like fishing. I kind of liked fishing. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I kind and, of liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think that that first trip was a lot about camaraderie and, uh, you know, all, all the guys in my family and all of my, my brother's friends are, are really good cooks. Some of them are professional cooks. They mm-hmm. work for restaurants in, in Vancouver. 
uh, so, you know, the, the meals were spectacular and the, and the company and, you know, wine and, and whiskey and whatever, it was all great. So I, I was having a hard time separating that from whether I actually liked the, the physical part mm-hmm. of fishing, like fishing as fishing. Mm-hmm. But by the time the next summer rolled around, I was totally ready to go. Yeah. And I think that's when I knew that, um, I'd, I'd been bitten by the bug you know nice yeah you, yeah you think about it in a different way when you get back you know like when you're at the end of a trip oftentimes you're kind of just tired and you're like that was fun and everything but then you, you think about like the feeling of the rod in your hand and the yeah. casting you're just like oh yeah no that's sick i can't yeah. wait to do that again <laughs> yeah and then there's the you know there's a long winter unless you're yeah. going for steelhead on lake ontario or whatever mm-hmm. <coughs> it's still long it's still even long. when you do that it's long. yeah <laughs> well and, and a lot of my buddies um they tie over the winter right which is is a poor substitute for actually fishing. Although I get it, it's like you know, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna tie a bunch of flies so that I can use them when the season opens in May or yeah. whatever, right? But um, it's uh, not the same. It's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess you know one of the reasons I write about fishing is is partly that that same thing, which mm-hmm. is you know if I can't be fishing, then I can be thinking about fishing yes. and uh, and writing about it and what it means to me and. You know, this is this is a well-tilled area of uh, literature, but there's still always more to say mm-hmm. about how uh, I don't. You know, I don't want to be too mystical about it, but the spiritual dimension of fishing and how it opens up your sense of yourself and your relationship to the natural world and yeah. to other people, and uh, and the kind of contemplative space that it allows you to be mm-hmm. in. Uh, I really think that's important. And, uh, you know, I'm a philosopher, so uh, my thoughts naturally tend in that direction. Yeah. I think I think my younger brother is more like just like, come on, that's just bullshit. I'm, I'm out here to catch fish, you know, don't give me the spiritual reflection stuff. But I think both things are possible, you know. Oh, totally, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I want to catch fish. I'm not. I'm not out there just yeah. to wave my my rod around and, and yeah. think, yeah. you know. Yeah. I think everybody. I think a lot of. I mean, fly anglers. Every fly angler I've met speaks about it in a similar way. They just have different words to describe it, right? But like, you can hear when someone talks about like, why do you like fly fishing? And they describe like the way the water feels around their leg and like all of those more you know yeah. meditative things. It's like okay, yeah, they're talking about the spiritual side of it and the yeah. meditative side of it. Right. Yeah. But, um, no, and I, I think, you know, and I said this in, in catch and release, it really, for, for, I think all of us, it begins with the cast yeah, and learning how to cast. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I, I spent hours on this float in the middle of a lake in New Hampshire, just, you know, getting wind knots in my line over and over again, like just, you know, and, and having terrible like slack, slack of palooza yeah. is what I call it, you know, <laughs> yeah. when, when the line just drops yeah. and then you just start to feel it. And when you feel it, there's nothing else like it. And I think if you're a spinner or, you know, a spoon fisherman, you don't get the same thing. Cause it basically, it's just a thrill and you don't get the rhythm, you know, and, and extending the line with, with every false cast and, and then shooting. Uh, I think there's nothing else in my experience. There's nothing else like it. No, yeah, it's true. There's something yeah. of just about casting that's fun. Yeah. Which is great, because, like, steelhead season's coming up, and I'm not going to catch anything. <laughs> so it's a good thing I like casting, because <laughs> it's 10-hour days of that. So. Oh, come on, you got, you got one steelhead last that's year. That's true. Actually, yeah. you know, I did. did you? I, get, I got one, and I hooked another one, and I went. I only ha- I was able to go out two times last year. Where, were you on so the credit? It was, or, it was on the grand. On the grand. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we yeah. swing down there near uh, 
uh, a bunch of stretches in the grand but um yeah i mean it's been years of just like oh man so much work just yeah. trying to like figure out how to do this so this year was first it was that first time i was like whoa two outings two fish nice it's starting to like come up and aldo got a beautiful fish on new year's uh, day last year new year's eve new year's eve yeah new year's oh eve. that's sweet yeah that the was, grand was yeah. or the credit was, actually credit, yeah. yeah and i uh, got a spring you did i always forget about me. you did you did? A, did you get I one? Did. On the swing? Yeah. yeah. A spring steelhead on the mainland. <laughs> did oh. you? Well, that was you. Oh, my God. Very nice. Yeah. Was that you? <laughs> but, it, you know, it's funny. You, you talk about the, the failure rate. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine, he used to fish for salmon. And so he'd be on the, you know, the big uh, rivers in, in New Brunswick and, uh, yeah. you know, classic salmon fishing. And uh, he, he finally caught one, I think, after like eight years of getting skunked. Yeah. And he calculated how, how much it cost him to, get, to land that one fish. That's oh, an man. awesome thought. <laughs> yeah. And he was probably terrified. Wasn't yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not inexpensive. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like the, the licenses. Yeah. I just got back from a salmon fishing trip and the daily rates are, uh, well, they're expensive. Yeah. Yeah. To access those oh, yeah. rivers. Yeah. Yeah. So when you don't yeah. get one, it's like, dang. I know. I got, I was lucky enough to land two and this guy at the cab, this guy's at the cabin, he was like, oh, did you get anything? And I was like, uh, yeah. And he's like, man, I've been fishing for these things for like seven years and I haven't caught one yet. Yeah. And I was like, my first trip I landed two and I was like, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. You, I should, was you should keep that quiet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody might murder you in your sleep. <laughs> yeah. I was fishing in England and, um, very, very, uh, sort of Tony place, um, chalk stream yeah Ooh. and so really really old school like isaac so walton cool. old school so cool and this guy um at dinner was swanning around the dining room this very very nice hotel where we all stayed they had all the beats that you could uh fish and so we had to stay there and he'd caught an eight pound brown trout and so what? I, I, yeah, I didn't believe it. It's Patagonia. Yeah. I, and, but we went into the, to the room, the tackle room mm -hmm. and there this honking thing was, oh my God, but it turned out that the ghillie, you know, the guide had hooked the thing and then handed the rod to him. Right. Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, you didn't, didn't really, really catch it. <laughs> that happens a lot on the salmon rivers too. They, the guides will hook the fish for it and mm -hmm. then pass, really? yeah, pass yeah. over the clients. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. That's, I have uh, a similar experience, but I wasn't fly fishing, and this is when I was a lot younger. But your dad hooked a largemouth no, and handed you the a guide in Cuba. Um, I got a couple mutton snappers on my line, but he was fishing as well, and he caught. Um, so he wasn't just guiding me; he was obviously fishing, and he hooked a tarpon, and then he gave me the rod. Uh, <laughs> and nice. then I really, hey, you know, but this what? was a that was spin that was, that was spinning, spin, yeah, yeah, spin yeah, fishing. Yeah, yeah. I also, I mean, with deep sea. You know, you, you got yeah. the outriggers out anyway. I yeah. mean, it's not, it's not, it's not like, really, yeah. you know. Yeah. You're not really You're doing not really it. done anything. <laughs> it's exciting, but, I, you know. That's I, something I've never done. Uh, you know, I you should like do, it. do it. I would it, love to it, do that. It is fun because uh, you can pull in all kinds of great things. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Imagine uh, a marlin. Imagine that. Wow. Well, I've never had a marlin, but I have tuna and, um, you know, dolphin fish oh, and nice. um, wahoo. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, they all fight like demons. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, It'd be cool to catch a dolphin fish. Eh? I know, man. Yeah, well, so and, and then you can eat them. And they're tasty. <laughs> yeah. They're beautiful, tasty. and then they die, I and then you Monty. eat them. <laughs> oh, so tasty. Yeah. So you talked about um, guns. I think it's interesting, actually, like just to, to talk about that a little bit more, and just the idea of having um, a rifle and living in that sort of lifestyle. Are you going to be hunting at all? Like, do you do any hunting? I'm. I'm not sure. I have an interest in hunting. I. I think I might become interested. Yeah. Uh, just because in that area like a lot of 
parts of of the Northeast and the U.S. and, and Ontario too, the whitetails are are actually overpopulated. Right. So you're not you're not doing any environmental damage. Mm-hmm. On the contrary, you might actually be helping Probably. with the cull. Uh, I'm, I have a hard time convincing anybody else in my family yeah, about yeah. this, but I think that actually is a, a, a valid argument. Mm-hmm. And if it's for food, right? If you're not just doing it to, you know, gratify yeah. your your male ego, mm-hmm. uh, then I think there's, you know, the argument gets even stronger. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would certainly consider it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, if you take it down to basics, I, I, I'm not sure I would ever go to say bow hunting, which is people yeah. think is like you know the closest thing other than sneaking up on the deer with a knife. Mm-hmm. Uh, to an equal battle, but a single shot rifle, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I might, I might do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And when it comes to fishing, catch and release is uh, is the name of, of your book. But is it also a way, you, a thing you practice? Yeah, well? I mean, uh, there are places. So the the um, the lake in in British Columbia where we have been going to Beaver Lake, it's called, yeah. Um, yeah. gets regularly restocked. So we pull out sometimes there, and uh, not a ton, like maybe three or four fish a day mm-hmm. and eat them, you know? Um, but mostly yes, catch and release. And absolutely with, with the cutties on the elk, uh, with the browns on the ground, of course. And there are some places, actually this is true of the elk, uh, single barbless hook only and only release. Right. Right. And in up, upstate New York, I've fished the Ausable. Oh, nice. Uh, I love and it. that, love that's that favorite. Yeah. yeah. That's, so beautiful. That's where I, I, um, I fell and almost, died because I dislocated my shoulder and rolled into the river. Whoa, no way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a tough one to wade. I did not, that's not an uncommon story for that area. I know. Yeah. You know, so yeah. the funny thing is I, that happened to me <clears throat> and then I was writing about it, uh, for gray sporting journal. And I came across this piece by, um, Tom McGuane, you know, great fishing writer. And he said, <laughs> you want to fish the Ausable before you're 40 because all of these rocks are about the size of small automobiles and they're covered with slippery moss. Yeah. And I had turned 39 the day that this happened (laughs) or the year that this happened. And it's true. I mean, it's a really, really tricky river. Yeah. Yeah. I did Uh, the same thing. I fell on the, on the river and I had a, I was fishing with a bamboo rod and it broke my fall, um, which isn't great because it cracked the varnish on the bamboo rod. And I was like in the middle of this river, frustrated already, because I was like fishing a trico hatch and I didn't know what was going on. <clears throat> and I fell and cracked the thing and I'm just standing in this river. I'm just like, no, you know, like, yeah. but it's because it's a hard one to walk. Yeah, it's really tough. But and it's so beautiful. When I when I fell, I was, I was trying to sort of move from one rock to another to get to a pool. Mm-hmm. And I slipped, my boot slipped, and I hit really hard Jeez. on my shoulder. Mm. And then I rolled back into the water. And that's when I was wearing these these old dumb hip waders, like, you know, yeah. oh, Canadian yeah. tire hip waders. And they filled with water right away. And I'm being pulled down river. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, this is, this is really not good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so I've got one, one inoperable arm. Yeah. And... I'm trying to hold on to my rod for some stupid reason because it's the sage that my wife gave me. Right. Yeah, I'd hold on to uh, it. Not the sage. <laughs> yeah, not the sage. Yeah. Save the sage. <laughs> I'll die before I lose this rod. <laughs> and I, I managed to get out. And then it was like, you know, I have to take the waders off and, and just left. I left them. Yeah. And I walked barefoot back to my car. Yeah. Like two miles. <laughs> Probably looks so insane. Well, I know. Yeah. But I'm holding the rod with, with, you know, my, yeah. you know, and when you have a dislocation, it's like, you can't, yeah. there's no comfortable position. I yeah. get into the car and, you know, cosmic joke, it's a standard. Oh God. Right? So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm shifting with my left hand That's awesome. and I got to the hospital and, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, survive to tell the tale. But it, it, I mean, you, this is the thing. People don't think of fly fishing as yeah. anything except, you know, gentle and, yeah. and whatever. Yeah. But, you know, if you're on a river, oh, yeah. things can happen. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Big time. You know that well. Pretty quick. Yeah. The first time I went steelheading with Yilma, we were walking down the riverbank and he had a pair of, he was wearing a pair of boots that were really slippery on the bottom. And he slipped down the bank and broke a rod immediately. And it was like the first two yeah. minutes of the day. It was uh-huh. like, great. I still fished. I mean, but whatever. Shit happens, man. With fly fishing, it, yeah. stuff happens. It yeah. goes wrong. Yeah. I mean, that, but the arm is like, geez, that's pretty hard. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah. Um, that, that was the worst. The, I've fallen a couple of other times. I, you know, cut my, my yeah. shins and stuff, yeah. but that was the worst. Yeah. The getting into the, uh, I like that imagery of you getting into the car yeah. and being like, and just staring at the, at the <laughs> yeah. gear shift being like. <laughs> Bare feet with, with gravel embedded. And yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. okay, yeah, now I have to start the car and shift with my left hand and, and find a hospital. Awesome. <laughs> oh, man. So do you ever think about, um, I know, you know, being a philosopher and also a fly angler, do you ever think about the ethics of uh, fly fishing? Yeah. And I actually, I, I try to um, deal with some of the issues in catch and release. Yeah. And uh, partly it was about uh, releasing. And I think releasing is pretty straightforward, even when it's not, you know, posted as single barbless and, and release. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you're mindful of, of ecosystems, this is true in Montana. There are lots of places there where you can pull fish out if you want, but most of the anglers there just put them back because mm-hmm. they know that on on the you know the far side of the Rockies, uh, the cuddy population is threatened, and you know the browns are okay, um, and the cutbows are okay, but uh, you you know you just have to respect the population. Mm-hmm. On, I think the the most basic issue though is uh, catching fish at all. Yeah. And are we doing it, uh, doing something that's cruel for our own entertainment or amusement or something like that? And I don't buy arguments that fish don't feel pain. I think that's what, when my dad was an angler, that's what he would say. Like, you know, fish don't feel feel pain, so don't worry about it. It's a classic. Yeah. Um, They clearly prefer not to get caught. (laughs) Yeah. That that is abundantly clear. (laughs) We all try to justify it with this pain thing, but yeah. Yeah. I always think of uh, David Foster Wallace, late David Foster Wallace, has this great article about um, lobsters. He goes to Maine for some lobster festival. And he's saying, you know, nobody thinks about lobsters the way they think about dogs and cats and horses and and dolphins. You know, they, they don't really think of them as subject to animal rights debates. But clearly the lobster has preferences. Yeah. And it's one of its preferences is not to be boiled to death. <laughs> yeah. And so when you think about it that way, uh, clearly a trout's preference is not to be hooked yeah. by something metal and pulled out of the water. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I guess when it, what it comes down for me is I'm mindful of that and I try to be respectful of the fish. And, you know, in a way it's a gift to, to mm-hmm. be able to... Um, you know, take something from that environment and just even for a few seconds, mm-hmm. you know, have a look at it and then put it back. And if we're good anglers, uh, we're not doing damage. Uh, you know, bad anglers do damage. And that's one of the things that you have to teach people is how to be a good angler uh, for how to treat your fish when you hook them. So working uh, through the, like the ethics of it really comes down to like practices. Yeah. Like how we're fishing. Yeah. I mean, obviously. I think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, um, net technology, for example, has advanced. So now we have these rubber nets that are much better for the fish. Mm-hmm. They cradle the fish. The hooks come out right away. 
you get the fish back in the water in, I mean, literally seconds. Uh, it, it's just a gift. Mm-hmm. And then, you you know, you restore the equilibrium. So uh, ethically, I think I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, and the, the, the joy, the happiness it gives me uh, is pretty considerable. So uh, when you think of all the other kinds of environmental uh, footprints that we leave, uh, it's pretty small. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and to your point, it, it actually like inspires us to care more, right? I mean, I, I feel like that's one of the biggest things for me in, in keeping fly fishing is just that idea of like, and teaching other people to do it too, is just that idea of like, uh, I care a lot about brook trout and I can't say that for many people that I know yeah. that aren't anglers, you know, like they're yeah. not thinking about brown trout in the yeah. same way, right? We're <laughs> but, thinking, we're obsessing about it. But there are these things, you know, you see people posting on Instagram, they, they're holding up a fish by, by the hook, you know, it's like, well, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do um, that. You know, like cradle the thing, get the hook out. I mean, it's, it's, it's just common sense really. Yeah. You know, you don't want to hurt the fish. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, um, if I were, I haven't uh, introduced anybody to the sport. Um, although my my younger brother, his uh, son, my nephew, we've taken him out a few times, and he's a bit squeamish. Yeah. Uh, for reasons like this, he doesn't like to see the fish struggling, and yeah. my my spouse the same way. She won't fish with me anymore. Yeah. Uh, she used to, but um, she won't do it. Yeah, she just finds it uh, unnerving, I guess, to see the fish on the hook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I say, look, just think about how this is happening, right? So uh, we're bringing the fish in as smoothly as possible, not horsing it, mm-hmm. bring it in, uh, get it out of the water, maybe take a picture, get the hook out, get it back in. I mean, it's really uh, not that bad. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. It's a good point. I mean, and then yeah. barbless hooks, yeah, the net technology, all that oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, if you're fishing with a barbless hook, this happened a lot in uh, BC just the last month. You put that um, fish in one of those new nets, mm-hmm. and the hook comes right out. Oh, right, yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. right yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, it's happens true. all the time. Yeah, yeah. Aldo and I both have those fish pod nets, and they cradle the fish so nicely, and the hook just yeah, yeah. it's gone. Yeah. yeah, it's great. They're really good nets. Mm-hmm. Good nets, and they're made from recycled material. Which is an, <laughs> there you awesome. go. Love a good fish. Sponsor us, Jesus! Yeah, uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. What else do we need to do, fish pond? Like, come on, baby. <laughs> but uh, you know, you made you made a larger point too, which is that I think anglers by and large are conservationists, right? I yeah. mean, we want environments to be maintained. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the licensing fees that we pay go to that. <laughs> and uh, I never fish without a license. I, you know, I just think that's a, the obvious good thing to mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. And that money helps to maintain that good water. And yeah. uh, I mean, what's wrong with that? Yeah. 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 That's yeah. true. That's one thing I did notice well <clears throat> out in, uh, in the Gas Bay is you definitely see what the high license fees are paying for like they, right. they're i mean there's offices all along the river then there's i mean i don't think i want a day without seeing a conservation officer and they all have their own each river has their own team yeah so we we're like because i was chatting with one of those like so how many officers are there for the area and he's like oh there's depending on the size of the river like this river the river we we're fishing the bonaventure has eight and I think there's eight for all of Southern Ontario. Yeah. If you're looking at the disparity in terms of like yeah. resource management, but anyway, right. that's another conversation. I, but I, yeah, it's, it's, it's well, yeah. I was yeah. I was gonna say I got yeah. busted once in Ontario. Yeah, I, I was upon lovesick, 
and I was just noodling with a friend of mine who's not even a serious angler, and uh, and the ranger came in. Oh yeah. And it turned out that my game card was out of date. I mm. let it lapse. So yeah. That's my bad. And he's like, you know, you know what the law says, right? Not only can I, I seize your expensive sage rod and all of the flies that you have in your vest, I can take your car. Yeah. Yeah. They can take your car or your boat. We didn't have a boat. We were waiting. But yeah. uh, Yeah. It's like. It's pretty serious. It's pretty serious. Yeah. And it should be. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. Especially uh, with like so little uh, officers around. Yeah. You know, keep people on their toes. Like serious poachers or. Yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. Well, and up there, I'm, you know, it's it's a weird part of Ontario uh, in some ways because uh, people are fishing for carp with like balls of dough and stuff mm-hmm. and yeah. and treble hooks the yeah. size of my hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's so. just like fishing. A lot of the fish, the most of the fishing world, just hasn't caught up. You know, like talk about that type of stuff. It's like. I mean, you know, because people don't take it, lot, most people don't take it seriously, right? It's just fishing. is like, oh, yeah, get a hot dog and a hook and just go snag a catfish. It's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> that's fishing, right? <laughs> but it's like, Jesus, that seems like really like 1800s type of thinking. It's like the world doesn't really work like that anymore. I think we really need to try to revisit this whole how people see angling, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? Yeah, I agree. Because it's kind of crazy. I mean, we're coming like, in, into the fall, I was going to say. but Yeah, but remember in Indiana, we did a trip in Indiana yeah. and people would tie... Oh man! They tied like they would tie basically rope with hooks on trees on the tree branches that overhang the river and put like you said dough or hot dogs, and they'd like check them days later and there could be a catfish they sitting there leave. for a week. They, they just, just leave. leave. Man. They just and let it. What do they call it? Limbing. 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 Limb, limb lining. Limb lining. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, have I was like, ne- what never are heard these? of that. We were like, we were like, what are all these cables hanging off the the trees? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was. And uh, our guide was like, oh, yeah, it's called limb lining. And they attach bait. <laughs> to big hooks and they just leave. Because like, we got snagged on a bunch of them. That was the thing. I pulled up one and I was like, the hook was as big as this microphone. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> that just doesn't seem like fishing to me. But. No, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's a whole other thing, too. Um, with fly fishing, like, uh, do have you ever had moments where you think to yourself, like, this doesn't seem like fly fishing? I know you, you talk about dries a lot. Yeah. So, I mean... One of the things is, uh, and this is hard for people to understand if they are not anglers, uh, a lot of so-called fly patterns don't imitate flies, right? Yeah. I mean, a lot of them do, but I mentioned before, we're um, fishing terrestrials in British Columbia. So you got these big honking beetle patterns and, and big ant patterns and grasshoppers and, and bumblebees and things like that. Yeah. Uh, and you know, if you're going for big brookies, you might have a mouse mm-hmm. say, yeah. I have this beautiful mouse pattern that I use. Um, so people say, oh, well, you know, how is that a fly? And I guess the, the main thing is, um, it's not a spoon and there's no bait. Yeah. And, uh, the bait question is, is interesting because a lot of people say to me, I'm sure you guys get this too, you know, famous, there are many famous Hemingway stories about fishing. Sun Also Rises has the great sequence about fishing uh, on the, what is it, Irrigati in, in Spain. Spain. Yeah. Um, but then the, the, the classic story is the Big Two-Hearted River, which is in Michigan. And Nick Adams, after he comes back from the war with this grievous wound, he goes out fly fishing and tries to sort of re- reconstruct his personality mm-hmm. um he uses grasshoppers live grasshoppers wow. on hooks and so a lot of how does it stay on the hook well you you, you put it to, right yeah. through yeah 
You've got to bait it. No, I know. Yeah. I get that. But like, they're so fragile. I feel like they would split in half. As yeah. Goes well, on. you, you got to put the, the shank um, so that it's set in the middle of the, like the bug. Right. Yeah. Eef. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people think, a lot of anglers would think, well, that's not fly fishing, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's you're being a bait bastard if you do that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I mean, these are, these are kind of aesthetic disagreements, I suppose. Yeah. Right. And you know what, what's interesting is when you go back and look at the literature of fly fishing, this debate goes all the way back. It goes back to Isaac Walton mm-hmm. in the 15th century, but it goes back actually to Roman treatises on fishing ah. uh, in the, you know, second century yeah. uh, of the um, common era, um, where people say, well, you know, is it is it mimesis? Is it, re- you know, representing what the, fi- the fly actually looks like? Mm-hmm. Or is it something else? Is it some kind of befuddlement, mm-hmm. right? So when you think about the difference between um, a, a match the hatch kind of fly and an attractor pattern, mm-hmm. right? And a tractor pattern is just, when we call it that, it's just like, well, we, we hope it's gonna work, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Uh, whereas, I mean, sometimes you actually get your little um, eyedropper thingy and you pull out the stomach contacts yeah. and, and see exactly what they're eating and you try to put on a fly that looks mm-hmm. exactly like that. Yeah. 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 So um, yeah. I think all of these things, I, I find it fascinating. I, I don't, I'm not judgmental about it, mm-hmm. you know, any more than I would be about other aesthetic things. Like you want to be a modernist, you want to be a postmodernist, you yeah. want to be mm-hmm. a neo-traditionalist, I don't care. <laughs> I just want to know if it, you know, painting is is beautiful or moving or whatever yeah no it's true i know it's a it's like for me it's just fun to talk about like what we how people define fly fishing because i don't know i just know so many people that it's just such a large spectrum you know all the way from people who are like oh i don't know about euro nymphing or it's like i only do this hatch you know like there's it gets really which is cool which is the cool part about it yeah makes it such an eclectic world you know? I know. Well, I, I mean, I guess probably all of us have had that experience where some guy walks by and says, oh, you're nymphing? Yeah. I only do dries. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, well, Classic. okay. Yeah. yeah. So you're noble and wonderful and, yeah. and <laughs> I'm, I'm going to catch more fish. Yeah. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. The other thing I, I, I wanted to mention, so um, a couple of years ago, more than a couple now, I, I was on assignment for En Route magazine, the in-flight magazine for Air Canada. Yep. They sent me up to this uh, fly fishing lodge, uh, actually not a fly fishing lodge, just a fishing lodge in northwestern Ontario. And I brought, brought my fly rods. And the guides were all like, yeah, you can't use your fly rod here. We, we're fishing for pike yeah. and, you know, uh, musky. Like these things are honkers. Yeah. And I said, you know, I'm I'm really keen to to land a pike on my my five weight, mm-hmm. which I did. But so, you you know you have to have like the, you have to have the steel leader, yeah. right? The braided oh, steel yeah. leader. What, yeah. What what kind of pike? What how size? Oh, how big is this pike? Like a nice forty. Well, I, I can show I can show on you the picture. Yeah. I would love to see. The picture. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez Louise. Yeah. Was that the sage? The five sage? It was the five sage. Oh, that rod, man. Yeah. That rod. It's been around That's the world. Yeah. You should do a book yeah. on just that sage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a rod well traveled. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You still have that rod, right? Oh God, yeah. But yeah. Um, the middle section broke. One of the middle sections. Um, but you know, God bless the people at Sage. They replace uh, right away. So awesome. lifetime guarantee. Yeah. yeah, wicked. They build the section. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, yeah they just do it. <laughs> another sponsor. <laughs> another sponsor. Yeah. So, do you have any trips coming up in the future, like a uh, near future? Anything you're like looking forward to? Nothing in the near future. I'm, um, I'm hoping. You know, Toronto's kind of tough, right? Yeah. Because there's the credit, there's the grand. 
you can get on the lake for uh, for steelhead. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the Ganaraska. Uh, when I one of my best friends moved to Philadelphia a few years ago, and he's an avid angler, and we used to go on the Saugeen yep. mm. for steelhead. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I'm not sure I'm going to do any of those this fall, but uh, I kind of like to. And then, yeah, then it might be winter over and getting into next spring. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, next spring. Yeah. I love the Saugeen. Yeah, yeah so Saugeen's I. great. Mm-hmm. Such a beautiful river. Yeah. Yeah. Big uh, the Maitland, the Maitland's uh, great too. Yeah. Yeah. I would, yeah. I really want to hit Falls Steel, Steelhead on the Maitland this year. It's a yeah. big, beautiful yeah. Yeah. river. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. The funny thing, when we, the last time we fished the soggy, and so we, we have a guide and he's got a pontoon boat and we were pushing out into the middle of the river and these yeah. guys are on the, on the shore, you yeah. know, with, with the swinging rods yeah. and they've got row sacks and whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, they're not our people. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they're, they were so hostile to us because we had oh, this guide and I thought, wow, that's one of those instant indicators of class difference, yeah. right? Because these guys pull up with their pickup trucks and they've got their swingers and, you know, they don't care if it's real row, that, that if it works, it works. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so they were they were kind of giving us the finger uh, for being- Just because. Yeah, yeah well, we're, we're being poncy, you know, yeah. I guess. Yes. In their view. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. There is such a crazy divide in anglers in Southern Ontario, eh? Like you just see every type of angler and there is animosity for sure. Yeah. I wish there wasn't like, we had such a nice experience in Timmins with uh, like some, some big bass guys. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the guys with like the boats that the are bait faster than oh, my car yeah. kind of yeah. thing. And then we were having great chats. And great chats. They're super cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I wish it was a little bit more like that, but sometimes it can be pretty hard on these rivers. Yeah. yeah. You just get all kinds of people, you know, yeah. all kinds of opinions. And well, but, he, he um, was looking at, I mean, I won't mention anybody's name, but the the angler, the um, the bass angler, uh, looked at one of all those flies. The um, it's probably just because he can't remember his name. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. I can't remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, wonderful fellow. <laughs> um, and it all had this new this new fly that looked almost like a rapala, right? Game um, changer. Game changer. Yeah. Game changer. Yeah. yeah. Game changer. And he's gonna use it. He's like, I'm gonna fish this, and I'm gonna catch. An incredible amount of bass. Yeah, and then like, yeah, we gave it to him, and I love yeah. that because yeah. he's like, he's not looking at it as a divide. He's looking, at, oh, how can I, how can I be better? Mm. You know, what if I took this, um, and use it as an inspiration for like this new innovation? You know what I mean? And make everybody else on his lake jealous, right? And I thought it was great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah throw a game changer. Yeah, on the flip side, like we made it, we make game changers because they look more like Rapalas. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> So, exactly. so, so it's like, it's is like that a really full, fly fishing? Is that yeah, exactly. There's a whole debate that, about that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so articulated. There's like six articulations in it, and it yeah. just, it's like just no, so no kidding. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a full body. It looks like repel- if it wasn't for the the synthetic material, yeah. it, it would just look it's like fluid. Fluid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you know, when I caught the um, the pike on the five weight, I had this big leech pattern. I mean, really big. Like mm-hmm. it had a big foam head, and it was probably eight inches, nine inches yeah. long. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, it only had one hook on it, but yeah. I mean, it pretty much is the same thing yeah. as, as what the spinning guys are using. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I have to say, um, my, my nephew on the other side of the family, uh, I managed after many years to convert him to fly fishing. So we've been fishing together for probably 10 years 
and I, I would keep buying him, you know, like beginner rods. I do the, you know, the, um, Orvis like clear water package or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and he was like, yeah. <laughs> and I guess, you know, 10 to two, 10 to two, that's yeah. how you do your cast. And he was like, oh, shut up. Uh, and then finally <laughs> he went away to college and apparently he's been practicing his cast in the street out in front of his frat house oh nice and Good now bear. now he's got a super double haul I, oh, wow. I mean it's better cast than than mine <laughs> and uh so yeah that's a success story so I he's guess. gotten into it he's yeah. gonna be right on yeah he'll come on the trips and everything else yeah that's mm-hmm. awesome it's super cool to see like especially family get into the sport you know so you have people you can go on trips with i mean that's what's great about SoFly. So we have every we go on trips together and we know we're all down so mm-hmm. that's cool why don't we talk? Why don't we just take a second here to just talk about Drift Outfitters? Although, what's Drift Outfitters? Uh, Drift Outfitters is an awesome fly shop uh, here in downtown Toronto. But uh, you know what? They actually ship uh, countrywide. Um, so if you're not in Toronto, uh, you can always go on their website at uh, driftoutfitters.com. There's a little link to their web store, and uh, you can see everything they have in store online. You know, you can also give them a, a, a phone call and uh, down at the shop. Um, and uh, they'll be happy to to, uh, to help you out and, uh, and and go through anything you need. Their phone number is 647-347-7370. They're a shop, they're an outfitter, and they do a bunch of education and events. And definitely a lot of events over the winter because, you know what, we're not fishing that much. And some fly tying uh, nights coming up as well. Left field brewery, we get together and uh, we head down with the guys from Drift and we do some fly tying with uh, with people in the community and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's going to be on October 2nd so at 7 p.m. Come on out. You can uh, buy tickets to, to the left field event, or you know what? You can just come to left field and hang out. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't feel like tying flies or if beers. you want to learn more, just chat with us or the guys from Drift. We'll be there. Super important to uh, support your local fly shop. So if you haven't been to Drift Outfitters or haven't been in a while, get your butt down there. Mitchie's Fishies 5? I think so, yeah. We do five questions every show. Okay. So they're always the same five questions, uh, but it's not like a buzzer beater thing. It's just five We're more excited questions. for your answers. I'm, I'm allowed to think about it? Yeah. yeah. Talk as long as you want about each one. <laughs> okay. Uh, but we just like asking uh, these same exact same questions to all of our guests. Excellent. So the first one is, what is your favorite fish and why? I think my favorite fish is brown trout and because they're wily, um, spooky. All the other trout are a little more aggressive in my experience. So, yeah. yeah. Um, catching a brown is, is a big deal for it's me. the best. Yeah. I love brown trout. Yeah. Did you get any really nice brown trout this year? No. Um, I haven't caught a brown trout in probably four years. Oh, wow. Um, lots of rainbows, lots of cutties, yeah. cut bows. Yeah. Nice. I caught a brown. I, I did what they call the, um, what is it? The, uh, the, the, um, Blackfoot Grand Slam mm. in Montana. So I got a I got a cutty, a cut bow, a rainbow, and a brown oh, on the same day. That's nice. so sick. That's yeah. an awesome day. Yeah. <laughs> that is an awesome day. Yeah. Oh my god! But the brown is the hardest. And right? on the Blackfoot, it's, it's a bit like, like you know, Brad Pitt. Right? He fishes yeah. the Blackfoot. Yeah. There you go. So it, you know, it's a bit like when you're you're hitting for the cycle. Like the hardest is the triple, right? Like yeah. a single and a double and a home run are actually a lot easier statistically than yeah. than the triple. So when you get the triple, you think, okay, I'm on the way. Yeah, yeah. Here we to go. To the cycle. Yeah. Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah. That's such a good day. And upstate New York Browns too. I love those fish. Oh my mm-hmm. god, I love those. Only Oh man. So number two is if you could fish anywhere in the world right now, where would you go and why? New Zealand. 
That was easy. That was easy. Yeah. <laughs> For the Browns. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been a lot of places in North America. I've been, um, you know, Quebec, Ontario, British Columbia, Montana, New York. Uh, and I, you know, I used to live in Scotland, although I didn't fish there. So I'd love to do that. But when I talk to my friends who've been to New Zealand for, you know, some of those, those little pools and the, the hiking. Yeah. New Zealand. That or maybe Argentina. I mean, those are kind sure. of close uh, to each other. But I would, I probably pick New Zealand first. Some great answer. It's, it's like Lord of the Rings land, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Giant fish. Yeah. <laughs> Fly fishing mecca. Yeah. Whereabouts in Glasgow in, in Scotland did you live? Was it I lived in Edinburgh for, for a couple of years. Yeah, nice. when I was in graduate school. Oh, yeah. awesome! Where and did you go? Uh, I went. To, I went to. I was just recently in Edinburgh and Glasgow, and because my uh, girlfriend was living in Glasgow for a while, I just passed all the rivers, and I'm like, oh my god, why am I not fishing right I mean, now? You know what? It's actually right now for Canadians, it's quite affordable because mm -hmm. the airfare and the exchange rate are favorable. So mm -hmm. you can go on the Tweed, for example, yeah. which is the river basically that separates Scotland and England. And uh, guided trips for a day, half day, yeah. really reasonable. And then you can go up, you know, way north. Yeah, and, do some uh, locks and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Man. Might be a good trip next year, guys. Jeez, be cool. Yeah, one step fish, at a time. Fish for Nessie. Go to Loch Ness, try to hook Nessie. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine that video? <laughs> On a barbless. On barbless. Yeah. Yilma died. <laughs> Such a crazy lake, massive well, waves. They do and... say she's an eel, right? So, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if. You guys have caught eels. I've caught eels. I caught a uh, dead eel in the Ottawa River once. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know that doesn't count. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Catching eel. Was it on a fly rod? Mm -hmm. Whoa, crazy. Yeah. How did that I, go? Well, I was, I, we were flying, uh, fishing this, this same, uh, no, a different chalk stream, actually, in Wiltshire in mm -hmm. England and uh, looking for browns. But I was getting skunked. My buddy Julian, who I mentioned before, who's now in Philadelphia, he got a couple of beautiful browns that we had for dinner that night. Uh, and all I hooked into was an eel. Wow. And, uh, wow. it's, you know, I mean, it's kind of interesting. Though. It's kind of interesting yeah. and you, you can eat them if mm -hmm. you want them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. they, they sell them in some of those fish and chip shops, yeah. but, uh, I, I threw it back. That's cool, man. Mm. What, what fly was it on? Oh God, it was so long ago. Know, I'm not even sure I can remember. A specific thing. But yeah. Just interesting. Like interesting an eel taking know what a, yeah. fly and eel would take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's crazy. I, spe I specialize in eel flies. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? I'm sure there's someone out yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, number three is what is your best or favorite fishing memory? Hmm. Well, I already mentioned catching that brown on the Grand. Yeah. Um, so maybe I'll pick something else. I think maybe my best memory, and I talk about this right at the end of Catch and Release. We were on this lake, Beaver Lake, near Ca uh, Kelowna, and a uh, really nasty storm blew up. And we were, we were on the far side of this quite big lake. So we're in these aluminum boats, right, with 75s on them. Yeah. And so like going flat out, you're still not making much headway. Yeah. And we're trying to beat the rain, and we didn't. Uh, we got completely drenched, freezing. It was like hail, Whoa. actually. And uh, we finally made the cabin, you know, uh, fixed the boats to the dock. And, and I walked in, and my dad was there. And he'd made stew for dinner beef stew and he had the red wine open and uh yeah it was just great to be home. yeah the fire was going it's just one of those perfect like this that's was a great a good day it's a great scene yeah. yeah 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 oh you're all like you're freezing and yeah. then you get all oh, like warm yeah. Yeah. Cozy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah red wine i going. can fall asleep right now <laughs> yeah. i love those moments i yeah. love those moments number four 
is why do you fly fish? Why fly fish at all? Hmm. Well, I, you know, we talked some, some, um, distance about the spiritual stuff. And I, I do think that's important to me. Um, and I think, uh, the fellowship, you know, I mean, I, it's hard to explain exactly what that means, but I, I think of it now in terms of, uh, people who are gone. So my, my good friend, Paul Corrington, who was a great angler, uh, I only got to fish with him a couple of times before he died. He died way too young. Uh, and those memories about that kind of just being on the boat with somebody or walking the same part of the stream with somebody else. Um, I think that's probably, you know, let's say 70% of it. And then the, the other 30% is, uh, you know, just that incomparable feeling when you hook something. Mm-hmm. And I guess the other, I mean, the way to sort of specify that is you get out on a piece of water, suppose you haven't fished it before, uh, or it's a different time, different mm-hmm. part of the season, and you tie a fly on and you throw it out and there could be a long period before you get anything mm-hmm. and you might get nothing right for minutes, even hours. And then you hook into something and then you know that you made the right decision, right? In mm-hmm. fact, you made a whole bunch of decisions. You made a dozen decisions after you left the, the cabin or whatever to get to that place, you know, the, the weight of the rod, the line, um, how long your leader is, you know, the, the weight of the tippet, which fly you picked, <laughs> Uh, and then when you hook in, you think, okay, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> I did it again. Yeah. And I, I think it just feels great to know that you, you have this application of skill that, uh, succeeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's the 30%. And, but I would say the 70% is, um, just being around other people who, who love to fish. Mm-hmm. And the memories you take away too, you know, yeah. cause like you said, yeah. getting, you know, even if you just got to fish for a short time with your friend, it's like you still, that river's not going to change and it's going to be there forever. And it's, you, you leave with all those memories. It's, it's true. And you can go back and visit it. Yeah. It's a good point. Yeah, yeah. it's really cool. Um, I'm really, I'm so excited. I get to ask you this next one. I'm okay. like so stoked about <laughs> yeah. this. We're all stoked about this This is all, always yeah. our favorite. It's always our favorite. Okay. I'm, I'm getting cool. a little nervous now, but uh, we've got Mark Kingwell mo- well here. It's actually the most, the, the, the lightest one, I think. Yeah. It's a, it's a fun one. Yeah. Um, it's what fly pattern represents you best in life. <laughs> <laughs> like if you were a fly, what would you be? What would you be? Oh man. <laughs> uh, well, I, oh man, I don't know. That, that's such a weird question. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the best. I love it. I think I probably had on my line more, more than any other fly, a Prince nymph, but I'm not going to pick that yeah. because it's too boring. Um, although it's a great fly. Yeah, it's a great and, fly. Uh, and Mr. Prince did all of us anglers a, a great service by tying that fly because that pattern slays everywhere. Everywhere. Um, I think, I, I, you know what? I'm going to go with the Royal Coachman. Nice. That's awesome. Great answer. Yeah. <laughs> I love that fly. And why? why? Why the Royal Coachman? Well, I mean, first of all, I love the name. Yeah. Always have. Mm-hmm. And long before I ever put a line in the water, I knew the names of some flies for different reasons. I mean, way back in the day when I was an undergraduate at U of T, I read um, Isaac Walton just as literature and uh, and sort of became fascinated with that whole culture that he celebrates. And, uh, and actually, I'm not sure if the Royal Coachman, it, 
it postdates him probably does i can't remember but uh i just love the names of flies yeah and there's so many great names you so know many. tups indispensable and mm-hmm. you know all of these things uh but yeah royal coachman just sounds like it's class a i love it i love that <laughs> it is it's, it's a, a beautiful fly too yeah it's a great bird trout fly yeah absolutely yeah. That's it for Mitchie's Fishies 5. Okay. I love those answers. We're amazing. Yeah, that was great. So. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's funny. We, we hardly, like, we haven't heard that one yet. No. Nope. No. Nope. Nope. I don't even know if we've heard a dry fly. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? So yeah. what do people pick? You know, we got a woolly bugger a lot. Woolly bugger a lot. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, and Atlantic Sammy Fly. We got one. Well, Chloe picked the Bitch Creek. That was cool. funny. Chloe and Chloe picked the yeah. Bitch, Bitch Creek. Creek. That was funny. People do have... Um, you know, there are the thing that I'm happy about is though we do hear uh, we have heard Willy Bugger a few times. The responses about why are always different, which is cool. And also um, the the cheering, just like really the different flies. We have heard like variety, which is neat because it's like people really are thinking about it, which is cool because it's like yeah, you know, like why what fly would I be? What what about that fly makes me? You know, represents me. Yeah. And, like, the Royal Coachman is really cool. Yeah, it's great. Great. Thank you so much for coming on the Thank show. Thank you. It's, yeah, been it's been a been real great. pleasure. It has been yeah, so it was much nice fun. Awesome. I, I feel like we could go for a couple more hours. Oh, we could. Yeah, we could. Yeah. We'd love to have you back on the show again. Yeah. Like, or, maybe know, we should go fish the soggy. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to put that out there. It's true, uh-huh. too. Or Steel the mainland. It's coming. Yeah, it's or coming. It's yeah. coming. Yeah. Or the mainland. Yeah, yeah. I, have, I have not fished the mainland. So well, the mainland is. I had the best time of my life on that. On that. Wow, it's so nice. You're what? I know. Yeah. <laughs> Aldo gave me the, the front of the, the drift boat. Uh, you know what I mean? He's like, no, this is your time. It's yeah. two, two for one. Yeah. Front to back. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it, it, he knew what he was doing. He's like, you almost going to catch steelhead. <laughs> it was, that was magical. That's a generous friend right yeah. there. Yeah. I, I've caught steelhead before, so. <laughs> it's almost yeah. first steelhead. Yilma's first steelhead. But, but I mean, no, he, but he, he usually puts me first. He's like that. Aldo, where can people find SoFly stuff? Well, you can find all of our stuff at SoFly.ca. You can uh, find our podcasts, find our videos, uh, see our Instagram feed. Uh, our Instagram is at the SoFly Crew on Instagram. Um, you can reach out to us at the SoFly Crew at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, concerns, uh, or guest suggestions. We get those from time to time. Mm-hmm. We get some feedback, um, and we appreciate it. Uh, Mark, thanks for coming on. Is there any? Do you want to do any plot? Do you? Where can people find your books? Any articles coming any out? Any articles well, coming um, out? Where, where can they find your work? Yeah, this this is not at all to do with fishing, but uh, I do have a new book out, um, 2019, uh, called "Wish I Were Here: Boredom and the Interface." Awesome. And it's oh, that's of, something I want to talk about. It's kind of related because you talk about boredom uh, and about boredom, yeah. Yeah. And um, you know the the idea of boredom and whether you're bored when you're fishing and and what boredom is and good boredom and bad boredom as I discuss it in the book. So yeah. if people well, are interested in boredom. Uh, and technology, which is what the book is about, the recent book, but uh, it does hook up, um, so to say, yeah. with uh, <laughs> fishing stuff. Nice. Yeah. Um, because, I, you know, I, well, again, we could go for a long time, but uh, active waiting is not the same thing as boredom. And that's right. one of the arguments I make in Catch and Release. Is so, that instead of reaching for the phone, you think? That's right. You right? you dwell in the moment. Yeah. And that's why the title is Wish I Were Here, because mm-hmm. we have such a difficult time lately uh, being in the moment and, and just being present because we're always swiping. We're always thinking about something else and, mm-hmm. and so on and so on. There's always so, something else we could be doing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was really funny, too. Just on that note, I was with um, on the salmon trip I was with the guy who owns the fly shop drift. And Rob was saying, oh, it's so nice fishing in a place where you don't have service because if if I'm 
bored or if the fishing's slow or whatever, he'll grab for his phone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm not doing that now. Yeah. I'm just thinking, or I, or I lie down or I have, or I eat or I think about what I'm doing. Like, yeah. why aren't they biting? Yeah. What am I doing wrong? Or look at that bird. Yeah. That's a cool bird. But, <laughs> but actually though, like, like taking yeah. in as opposed to. It's a gift, you yeah. know, it really it is. is. And, and the first couple of parts of it are maybe painful because you're like, oh no, I need stimulus. Yeah. Uh, but then when you get inside it, it's like, well, what, what was I worried about? You know, mm-hmm. this is, this is awesome to just be here and, yeah. and look at the sky and yeah, think about what I should tie on next or whatever, you know, that's yeah. great. I should have taken a page out of that book for my trip last weekend with these guys. Just yeah. back and forth on my phone. I mean, it's, it's, we're oh all guilty God. of it, right? Yeah. Leave, leave it at the cabin. I got two hours average a day. <laughs> Is it two hours a day? Yeah, two hours a day on Instagram. That's terrible. <laughs> That's crazy. That's we're, we're working on You're it. not even a social media manager. We're working on it. I'm not even it. a social media manager. <laughs> <laughs> is that book out right now? Or is yeah, it, yeah, it came okay. out in April. Okay. So uh, people can find it on Amazon and can, uh, lots of places. Amazing. So. Digital yeah. download, hard copy. Yep. yep. Um, all of those. Uh, there's uh, an audio book too. So oh, if, oh, perfect. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you want to listen to so it. So he can listen phone. to it while he's on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely gonna check that book out. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Right. Um, thank you so much for coming on, man. Honestly, Thanks, it's guys. Been an yeah. honor. It was super cool talking and um, hopefully we get to do it again one yeah. day. I love that. And I really enjoyed it. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Uh, that's it for me, Mitch, Aldo. Bye bye. And Yelma. See you guys. Thanks for listening.